Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 and get 25% off your order and free shipping. Today, we have a special guest, Thomas. Yes. I am a special guest. Thanks <laughs> yeah, for having me on today. <laughs> no, we're joined by none other than Lee Skinner, superstar, bench press, Commonwealth Games, international champion of the world, multiple gold medal winner in, I don't know what I'm saying. Lee, can you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your uh, and your lifting history. Okay, mate. Yes, good day, everyone. Um, lifting history, I started 2008. I mm-hmm. uh, got introduced to Parasport. Uh, by a good friend, and from there I went crazy. So from 2008, uh, December 2008, I started my first ever uh, powerlifting program, bench um, para powerlifting. And from 2009, it was 2009 March, had my first comp. I made it to the Australian team. Mm-hmm. So from there it went nuts. So 2009, uh, 2009 March May. Yeah, I went to my first international comp, Arafura Games. Then got a scholarship uh, with the AOS down in Canberra. Yep. And high-performance scholarship for a couple of years. Is that better? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we spent a lot of time down the Institute of Sport, back and forth. Then travelled the world. I've been to Malaysia. I've been um, Dubai a couple of times competing. Been to three Commonwealth Games. And finally retired... From Parasport in 2018 here in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Reason was because I'm old, like I'm getting older, um, and there's no age group in Parasport. It's all, all open. So you're competing so, against the young guns. Oh mate, yeah, against you guys. It's a it's a uh, weird re- it's a weird retirement. Uh, just saw you compete in the weekend. Doesn't oh. normally mean. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hanging out with our able-bodied losers yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Us able-bodied dweebs. Yeah, and I put the wheelchair away, mate, and hang out with you guys. Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty cool. So, um, yeah, retired at 2018, Com Games. It was cool because my mum and dad come. Like, it's first time my family and all my zero buddies yep. ended up showing up, mate. And, like, I could hear you guys from the back room yep. when we were warming up. <laughs> when we got introduced, the Scottish dude, Mickey, come out and goes, holy fuck, you've got some friends here, man, eh? Because it just resonated. Like, everyone's yelling out. So it was pretty cool. Well, I feel like... So this is for context for everyone listening. This is the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. And we went like it was a powerlifting comp. So we Mm. were just being rowdy and loud and cheering. And I feel like (laughs) everyone else had no idea what was going on. I feel like a bunch of them were just spectators that had picked that event and maybe a few, you know, friends and family of... Mm. Because it was a pretty full crowd. Yeah. It was a big room and there was a lot of people there. But we were the only ones that were just like, ah, fuck it, we're going to cheer loud as hell for Lee. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we kind of dominated when it came to screaming and carrying on. It was cool. So across, you know, that's 13 years. Mm. Uh, well, 13 years of competing, um, yeah. j- just under 10 in terms of your actual para powerlifting career. What are some of the highlights? You mentioned three Commonwealth Games. Um, mm. What was sort of the highest level that you achieved in terms of, of placing or in terms of uh, personal records? Like what's the most you benched? Um, personal records, 172.5 kilo bench at 82.5 kilo body weight. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at a nationals here in, in uh, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. 
when was that, 2010, 2011. Um, but when I look back and if I had to choose out of which com games or whichever comp, I think the one that mo- the, meant the most was the Scott, Scottish, so mm-hmm. 2014. Because I injured myself 2011, had frozen shoulder, I'd, I'd torn posterior labrum, um, supersonatus, normal issues we all get. Um, but I ended up frozen shoulder. And then 2012, I just decided I really missed powerlifting. So I had probably 12 months off to recover and then made it back into powerlifting Twenty end of 2012. 2013 was started to really ramp it up to get back into to be qualified for 2014. And coming, it was July 20, uh, 2013, um, I had a strength coach on the Gold Coast here help me out and we'd do these weird things like you'd pyramid right up to your peak every week so you'd right up to your peak lift button off a couple so i'd go to say 170 or whatever and then it just before i even stopped to a single on that rip off a couple of weights come down to 140 and i'd rep out to what eight or ten reps whatever i can get out yeah what happened was i think my blood pressure went so high i busted something in my head and yeah i got a brain bleed yeah wow yeah so it wasn't good um yeah, I had to take six weeks off. Went to a neurosurgeon and he said, look, and I was, I was pretty angry at that time because I had six weeks off and this was my big break to get to 2014. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, doctor advised me not to even do any lifting, not do anything because it's probably an aneurysm or something. You know, you know what's happening, you die. Yeah. Um, so in 2013, I went to this neuro and by the time I got there, I, said, I was like pissed because I'd been off for six weeks. I said to him, mate, I've got two questions for you, buddy. And he's like going through my notes and having a look. And I just said, is this going to kill me? And he goes, no, nah, look, it won't kill you. It's called a cavernoma. It's a little vein in your head. I busted. Yeah. Um, and I said, can I still try? And he said, yeah, but not too heavy. Thing is, he didn't define how, <laughs> how much is heavy. So yeah. I was straight on the phone back to back to a mate and said, mate, let's go. We're back in. Yeah. So back into training, but slowly. We didn't do those stupid pyramids and that shit again. I just... Changed uh, training around and then come up to, uh, we had one qualifying comp for the Commonwealth Games 2014. So that was in January, end of January 2014. And that was the only comp we had in Australia to qualify to go. And so the week before, I'd normally like to go to a gym or go to where the comp is held, have a look, see what's around the lights and just get the feel for the place before I actually compete. So I did that and I'm in there compete. I'm in there uh, warming up with the boys and we went through done our training we normally do a you know open lift on the day yep uh, on that week before and um yeah i'd 176 kilos on the bar and come down benched and as i'm driving it up my wrist rolled and it popped out of my hands and crushed my chest oh, far out. seven days to go for all the comp and yeah it's like fuck so i'm at work that whole week because i had a, a job where i was managing sitting down so i just iced up all week yeah, and come to that comp that weekend, the next weekend, seven days later, and I, I didn't go to the doc because I knew if I went to the doc and they said, look, you got two broken ribs or whatever, I mean, that'll fuck me up. Yep. Yeah, m- mentally. So I just went to the comp and, um, yeah, just went to the comp and did like Rocky, you know, like just turned off the pain receptors. Yeah, yeah. And um, I knew I had one lift. You switch them off. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I had one lift. Um, so I went out and did that one lift and I was third which only take the top two yep I went, fuck i gotta go do this again so i had to went out to i think i did 165 kilo lift yep um it hurt but i remember just sitting in the back warm-up room just like no pain no pain just 
chanting to myself. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to hurt. And when I, I did, I didn't realize how much it hurts. So I just, I have this thing when I'm probably athlete in athlete mode. I'm not, it's not Lee Skinner. Yeah, Lee Skinner, the man, is the dude just sits out the back. But Lee Skinner, the athlete, is a different guy. I sort of trans in my head. And um, yeah, Lee Skinner, the athlete, went out and did it. But I didn't realize how much it hurt because my son took a, a video. It wasn't until I went to get up, you could see the pain on my face when I watched a video. I went, holy fuck, it did hurt. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember any of my lifts. Yeah. When I come off stage, that's it. I don't remember until I look at the video. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cool. Yep. So that was probably the biggest, uh, I suppose, trial. Mind fuck, head, strong thing to get me to go to the comp games. And I look at that and I look at, you know, whether we look at God or we look at the universe or how, whatever we believe in, something was testing me. And I just kept kicking the doors down because I said, fuck it, I'm going. Mm. Simple as that. And so we just keep pushing until we go. And that's what I did, mate. So that's why I think I like that the best. Yeah. Com games. It means the most. Because not, no matter what they chuck in front of us, fucking just keep going anyway. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that point about the bar rolling and your wrists and falling yeah. out, I think that's one of the intricacies that people don't realize about para powerlifting as well, yeah. is that you're not using a powerlifting bar, you're using an Olympic weightlifting bar and yeah. bumper plates. Yeah. So it's thinner and the bearings in the, in the sleeves, they spin like crazy. It makes it a whole level of, mm. of difficult. Like whenever we've played around in the past with having the power bench and the, and the equipment set up here, it's so much harder. Yeah, it's like you can spin it. You put a twenty-five plate on and spin it. It'll go for three, four minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like go, fuck for the people that are have benched on, like you know, some commer- You go to a commercial gym. Sometimes there's those skinny bars. The bar rolls around in your hand. That's the feeling that you get yeah. when you bench on a an Olympic weightlifting barbell. Mm. Um, I also wanted to, because <clears throat> I actually don't know this. I wanted to know. Sorry, CJ, you might have to edit this out. I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. Is the right terminology paraplegic? Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, paraplegic. Well, para, para, yeah, sorry, sorry. Paraplegic? <laughs> yeah. Paraplegic, yeah. So, how, do you, can you share a bit of your story about how, how, you, yeah. how you got injured in the first place and how you became paraplegic? Um, yeah, when I, was, when I was a young fella, I woke up one day, 18 years old, and uh, couldn't walk. Oh, I could walk, but only just, you know, like I played soccer for 10 years, mm-hmm. used to race my dirt bike, motocross bike, um, all sorts of stuff when I was a kid, right into, this is back in the like, late 70s and early 80s. And, yeah, one morning I got up and just couldn't walk and uh, uh, went to the doctors, mate. I went to doctors, so it took 12 months to find that I had a tumour in my spinal cord. So back then they didn't have the technology we have today, like uh, MRI scans and everything. It's old school back in the early 80s and 12 months later, after a few ops and things, they found I had a tumour. But what happened was the tumour had already compressed, grown in, in my spinal cord down lower in my lumbar and compressed the nerves to my legs and lower body. And so the damage was already done. So um, classified, we call me a, a probably incomplete paraplegia or incomplete spinal cord. So you see, guys, I still have function on my legs, but only just. I've got probably 5% muscle use. i got one. i got a VM in my right leg, mm-hmm. the lateralis and everything, nothing works. And in my left ankle and everything, nothing works. I've lost my tibant, my calf's going. So between quads and, and hammies and calves, I, I've probably got enough to make quarter of a leg yeah, right. out of the two of them. And um, as, as time's go, uh, gone on, so how old are you now? You're 50. 57. So you're 57. So this happened 18, eight, when you were yeah, 18 years 18. old. So over that time, has your, has your health deteriorated or has it gotten better? Like you said, some days, you know, there's uh, been a few times, you know, you've come in here, you've asked me to bring your car up so you can get in your car easier. Mm. And then there's other times 
you just come in and train fine your training legs and things like that so has it what's the what's the story like has it has your health gotten better or has it gotten worse over time or is it just like a bit of a yo-yo well a bit of a yo-yo but like what happened three years ago i was um bdm business development manager for an automotive company so i'd a rep Mm -hmm. so to speak so i'd i'd visit 10 15 workshops a day and what happened because I, I had to walk you know you walk a couple of kilometers i suppose went to park your car and etc i started falling over and busted my knee and and it become a regular thing where i'd fall every couple of weeks and just it's like turn the light switch off my legs would just collapse and yeah went to the docks and we worked out that what happened was my lower spine was starting to collapse because the, the surgery was above was bottom of your thoracic and above your lumbar and the lumbar had started to deteriorate as I got older and it started to pinch the root nerve for my right quad. So my right quad, as soon as I'd walk every now and again, it would just pinch and just shut down my leg. And so we ended up having um, spinal fusion surgery in 2019, 1st of April 2019, um, where they fused all my lumbar spine and corrected that issue. So what happens now is I, I actually I walk better than I did I've got a new AFO, what they call uh, ankle foot orthotic. Um, it's carbon fibre and it sort of helps. It's like a blade on a person with no leg. So you can think of that concept, sort of pushes me along. Um, but since I've had the spinal surgery, or the, the, this last fusion surgery, it's been a lot better. I, get, I don't fall over as much. I do fall. I think I've fallen in the gym here a couple of times, but I'm glad you got rubber mats, which is really cool. Um, but I've just got to be careful and watch where I walk, how far I walk, because I fatigue so easy. It's not like someone, you know, I can walk out to the car, um, probably out to the street if I really have to, but that's it. I'm stuffed. Yeah, right. Um, but moving forward, like, as we get older, mate, I, sp- I was diagnosed to be in a wheelchair by the time I was 30. Yeah, I told fuck. those doctors to get fucked. So Yeah, fuck those doctors. Um, what do they know? So I was in a wheelchair, what, three years ago when I came out of the last surgery. But, you know, I, I haven't sat in my wheelchair this year at all and I'm determined to try and make the whole year without having to use it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, fuck them. So my poor little legs, they're mm. just getting smashed. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my little chickens. Um, yeah, they're cool. They got Lucky they've got bones and they hold my ass up. So <laughs> You mentioned you get uh, really fatigued. Um, mm. I always make the joke about you and Kivy resting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so I call the I call these guys the coffee club boys. Yeah. Evan Kevin Boatwood. Steve Hampton's part of that crew as well. You guys are always yeah. just standing around talking shit. <laughs> sipping more coffee than training. Every time I see us, and you guys always say the same thing. What they always give me shit. They're like, oh, but we're stronger than you. I'm like, yeah, fuck. You're right. Well, Go easy. Yeah, <laughs> stronger than you, but can you put your hands above your head? Do this. <laughs> Show us yourself doing this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we had 170 years of life. Yeah, yeah. Three of us, hey? That's pretty cool. Oh, no, actually more. 180. Fuck. Yeah, because uh, Kivy's another legend around here. Oh, How old is Kivy? Kivy's the granddad. Mate, mm. he's cool. Eh? He's a fucking cool 70? Is he 70? Yeah, he's 70. Yeah. And he's 70. still really strong, eh? Oh, strong as tough as nails. Mm. Yeah, yeah. we're going to... Uh, Sabo, we're probably going to crack a double on 122 and a half. Nice. Like a 70-year-old man. It's cool. Yeah. Love it, eh? It's How long will that take you? It's three hours? Oh, two <laughs> coffees and probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. Glad we're um, sponsored by establishment here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come back to, so back to 2008, you found para powerlifting. Mm-hmm. You said that's when you got sort of pushed into para sport or, or, or found it. Yeah. What made you go para powerlifting over 
anything else? Like, how did you find that specifically? And, and okay. what, what made you stay in it? And also one more question on top of that. Did you dabble in anything else and sort of get conflicted along the way as to what you liked? Um, so from 18 years old, when I had the first injury or for, you know, they found out I had a tumour. For the next 20 years, mate, I did nothing other than, you know, have a couple of children, you know, married and tried to be a normal human being um, or a normal person. Um, unfortunately, things weren't as good as what they should have been, mate. There was you know, dark days. Yeah, you know, of course. Drugs and shit like that and alcohol. And it wasn't until I was 40. My wife said something to me when I was almost 40. I was 39. She said, you know, I don't want the kids to see you growing up like this, going like this, you know. And I went, fuck, okay. So I needed to change my whole attitude to life, um, stop drugs, stop drinking, and stop feeling sorry for myself. So I just woke up. When I said, when I'm 40, that's it, fucking stopping everything, and I'm starting. So I I dieted for a year, um, changed my health first. So what I looked at is how am I going to change – so I, st- I started a lot reading a lot of personal development books and then changed my diet. So I started eating healthy and got – I was still overweight, you know, the old dad bod at 40-year-old. But then I thought, well, I need to go to a gym. So I didn't go – I went to five gyms on the Gold Coast. This is before Zero was here or you mm. were doing gym. Um, and I ended up at the industry gym. And it's cool because I went to these gyms. And I just interviewed – sort of a bit of an arsehole, but I interviewed the owners – and see who could help me do what I needed to do. And all of them, they just wanted my money. Mm. Or four of them. Um, I, went, I went and seen um, the industry gym. And Rhino, Mark Ryan was the owner. And he said, mate, look, I will modify equipment. I'll modify my training. And I'll help you do whatever you want to do. And I went, fuck, I'm, I'm in. So I was trained there for three years. Um, and then a mate joined me, Johnny Milo, who was a really good training partner of mine um, back then. And we trained... Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, for two hours every night, like as a bodybuilding train mm. style hypertrophy. And so I got rid of my dad bod and everything. And then I started to look better, feel better. And then I went to a mate's workshop one day and he just said to me, he was a, it was a para, he was an amputee, so para rider, like race push bikes. Yep. And he said, mate, have you ever thought about doing para sport? And I went, fuck man, I'm not, in, I'm not a cripple, I'm not disabled, I not in a wheelchair, so my concept was different um, of what a disabled person is. But he said, mate, there's whole gamut of, of sport you can do and the different selection of how far you're disabled or how you're not, you know what I mean? So um, we just tried out our rank sporting wheelies and sporting wheelies had a come and try day mm-hmm. uh, down at Miami High School, uh, Palm Beach High School, sorry. And yeah, I went and tried out, so I didn't like, basketball wheelchair basketball any of that and because i'd been training i suppose for the three years previous just as a gym dad you know bodybuilder sort of style um i was pretty fit and they tried to get me to do these these things um like a a vertical jump and my feet don't leave the floor i can't so then the horizontal horizontal jump couldn't do that but the third test they got me to do was where you sit against the floor on the floor the back against the wall and your legs out in front and throw a basketball uh-huh. And then they measured the distance where it went. Well, the girl was probably five meters away, and everyone's getting about five meters. Well, I hoiked it across the basketball court, <laughs> <laughs> and she's gone. Holy! F-. Okay, so she's she's said had a look at my sheet because I'd wrote down I'm interested in uh, archery or shooting or weightlifting. She said, "You've ever thought of para powerlifting?" I went, "What's that?" So I didn't know. And yeah, she said it's bench press for people with lower limb disabilities. I went, "Fuck yes, yeah, sign me up straight away." 
because yep. I knew I'd been in the gym for three years, but I'd really been training all my life on and off with my legs. But yeah, so I was pretty strong at bench and that's why I think I went really quick from like December 2008 to been four months, three months and I was on the team and yeah, it went nuts. Yeah, awesome. Wow. Can you, so for the people listening, can you explain some of the, the major differences in how para powerlifting works compared to able body powerlifting? Yeah, probably his first structure is the, the equipment. Like we talked about before, the bar is different. Uh, the bench is different. So the bench is 2.2 metres long, uh-huh. but it's flat. It's 500 metres across the base of it where your legs go, but up in your head end is a normal 300 mil wide. Um, 300 bar, I think it's about five or 600 mil cut. So it's like a normal bench at the top end where your shoulders sit, yep. but the bottom end is much wider and it's longer, so your feet. So what they do is they strap you on because most a lot of the guys that I compete against or did um, a, a complete spinal injury so they can't they have no function legs uh-huh. or they're double amputees or single amputee or whatever so they put the strap on just to give themselves a grounding balance so you can sort of balance on your bum and your shoulder still but yeah it's better to have a strap it just holds just like you guys having your legs on the floor for sure um, there's no power drive from your legs at all um, so it's all upper body and the difference in the comp part where we or with able body bench your head is facing the crowd uh, disabled the other way around. So the head ref sits at the back wall and your head is facing him. Um, so your feet are facing the crowd. And I think the the severity or the strictness of, of a bench as a para is a little or a lot actually. I was going to say, it's uh, not a little uh, different. Uh, a, lot, <laughs> a lot stricter in the rules than able body. So you're allowed to, you know, you get the start call. And you've got to come down, you've got to self-time, there's no, there's no press call. Yep. But you've only got to touch your chest, you can't indent it, you can't not touch it, you can't bounce it. It's got to touch and hold there for a full second and then press it up and then you get, when you lock out together, you've got to be symmetrical. The earth elbows have got to lock, identical time. If there's one locks before the other, it's not foul. Yep. And then they give you the ra- uh, oh. rack call. So it's super strict. Um, I think that's why I probably do reasonably well at what I do now is because of the training I've had for the last 10, 12 years. Of, yeah. Yeah, being anal about strong chest, pause, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know there's no press call. No press call, self-time, no. which is really annoying. So yeah. This is the thing I I found watching – I watch you do nationals, and the refereeing wasn't too bad there, but Commonwealth mm. Games is super inconsistent mm. in terms of people would get reds and then people would do a lift that looked completely different according to our understanding of powerlifting rules, and then get whites. So, for example, I reckon you got robbed on, I think you got called on your second attempt for uneven extension or like, but it's like if the bar has two degrees of lean, they're like, no, not good enough. That's so much more Mm. anal about those little rules. Um, I mean, as an athlete, but I've got the bias of having competed in powerlifting where those things aren't aren't as wildly judged or refereed or whatever as an athlete i felt pain for you because i would have i watched that i'm like he's getting robbed on this call um how have you dealt with that over the years like you you obviously go to these comps you observe people doing the same lift you know the same self-pause have to extend evenly and i'm sure you see inconsistency in the refereeing do you just sort of go well there's nothing i can do to change it this is how it is to a degree it's just disheartening because you know we we all train Freaking hard, right? Yeah. Trying a long time to do what we do. And what I I dislike immensely, that there, there's human intervention. Yeah. 
So at an international level, you have judges who can't even speak friggin' English. They don't know you. If they don't like an Australian, they won't fucking let you through. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's poor in that sense. But, yeah, I, the way I personally deal with it is it's just like, I still, still got, I, I look at gratitude, you know. So I've got to be grateful I'm just there doing my shit. Uh-huh. And even though these pricks fail you, like I was wrong, I'm honestly, right, I feel the same as you. When they, Com Games, the third lift even, I think I was robbed. I should have got that, which would have been, not a record, but it would have been, put me in my whole thing of being a power powerlifter because my ref, uh, my coach once said, you look, you're not going to be the strongest in the world type of deal because of your age. I said, fuck it, I'll be the strongest oldest dude in the world. Yeah. And that would have made me the strongest over 50-year-old power powerlifter in the world. Mm-hmm. And I fucking really wanted it. But now I had to stick with second. But... It's because of the lift I did. It was, what, 165 or 166 or something? Yeah, it was perfect. And it was per- I fucking <laughs> reckon it was perfect. But I think what happened was I talked to one of my other athletes that I used to compete with. He was watching from the crowd. Yeah. And he said what happened was when I come out of the, off the rack, I then reset my shoulders and the bar moved down a millimetre because the, the, uh, the head ref had already called start. So I come out of the rack, he's gone start. Like as soon as I got out, he's fucking bang off the mark. I've gone to reset. Set scaps and, and the movement of a fucking millimetre or two mil as you, you know, as your scaps move, your bar moves, they've counted that. Because yeah. Abba come up and he goes, man, what, what, did you, what are you doing? <laughs> and I thought, well, that's just how we do it, you know? Yeah. That's uh, that millimetre of movement. Wow. Or two or three millimetres or whatever it was. Well, you're number one to us. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> that's Love what it. matters. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. That's what matters. Yeah, no, I was blown, blown away by the... Um, by those sort of differences that we observe when, when going mm. to those competitions. But, um, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, one thing that al- has always stood out to me about you is that, that mental toughness that you carry, you know, like, and, um, you know, one thing that we haven't spoken about much yet is you know, the, the kind of um, the motivational stuff that you do. You know, you mm. go around and you, I mean, even it, outside of, you going and doing talks to whatever various groups you go and do, even here, you're just a champion, like for, for people, you're always in people's ears and, and, um, you know, providing words of encouragement. And it's, it's clearly a, a passion and also a skill of yours. You're really good at doing it. And I guess I wanted to get away from you helping other people and wonder what it's like internally in terms of, you know, you've obviously had times in your life where you've been like, this fucking sucks. You know, the situation that I'm in sucks, but you're constantly overcoming that and empowering yourself and finding that gratitude. Um, was that a hard, was that a hard process to, to reach, you know, to, to get to this point now? And I know even now you still struggle with it from time to time. Um, but was it that, that sort of period of time where you went through reading all that self-help stuff? Is that what sort of transformed you and, and pushed you in that direction? Or was there something else? Like, I, I'm curious to hear from you how you've sort of overcome that mindset of, of what was me and um, used it to empower others. Yeah, I think it was my wife. She said to me that I don't want you to do this, no, take drugs yep. in front of the kids, which I never did, but I was always, you know, off my... Yeah, um, and she said that to me, and I thought, "Fuck, I want to be a good dad. I want to be the best dad that I can possibly be." So I had to look at how can I do that. So I think the kids were the massive motivation um, for guys who haven't got kids out there, or ones who have kids. You'll understand. Um, it's a motivator that just 
beats nothing. There's nothing beats it. So I, I sort of really looked at that. How I deal with it now is I look at all the good. So many people in the world look at the bad. See, I used to look at for 20 years, mate, I look at why can't I run? Why can't I do what I do? Why can't I race my dirt bike? I was fucking passionate. I, love, I want to be Mr. Motocross. That's what I wanted to be in the world. Yeah. Um, why can't I ride my dirt bike anymore? What a, why can't I? Why, why, why? Um, and they're just loop questions that you never get answered because you're asking stupid questions. So I had to work out through, you know, like you say, personal development, self-help. What did I want and how am I going to do what I'm going to do to be the best dad in the world or be the best dad that I can be? So I started to be grateful and it's cool. Like I just, you know, like I think there's, for instance, I'll give you an example. Abba is one of the Australian para powerlifters. He's, he's from Ethiopia, right? Mm-hmm. He watched his dad get killed by in Ethiopia by the police. And I think, fuck, that is heavy. He saw his dad get shot. Um, and then he got chased by the cops. He broke his back. He was a normal dude. Broke his back and ended up in Australia with a broken back. So he's in, permanently in a wheelchair. Yep. And I think, you know, those guys, fucking, they live in the dirt. And I've got a bed to sleep in, man, you know? So how lucky am I compared to those guys? It's, it's just an upsetting, it's an eye-opener when you start thinking how grateful we really are. Like we're sitting on fucking comfortable lounges and talking on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I appreciate. That's what I look at every day. I, I get out of bed. Or I, don't, I wake up, put my feet on the floor, and I say thank you, thank you, thank you to whoever's listening um, because I think it's a blessing that I'm here for another day. And I'll do the best that I can to do and to help people. I just, I don't know. I like helping people because I don't want to see people, yeah, people have shit lives and kids have shit lives because they have shit parents and all that shit happens. So, But if we can help one person, that's why I do public like speaking. Yeah. If I can just change one person's directional thought in that day, I'm fucking happy. I'm a happy yeah. man. Um, it's just simple. So I'll, I'll bring that into the powerlifting stuff. And I'll bring that into the gym. I'll take it wherever I go. You know, most people come up to me and say, mate, you're really up and why are you up? And it's like, well, I've got no other fucking choice. You know, that's it. And when it gets hard for me, I just go into Goggins mode. <laughs> um, it's really hard because like when I had my last op, they, they'd done a full spinal restructure and cut me right from my belly, oh, from my ribs down to my old boy, guts out, fucking, so it was fairly epic. Yeah. And when I woke up, they wanted to give me drugs to painkillers. I said, fuck off, I don't want them. I'm doing a Goggins. Yeah. If he can fucking do what he does and runs with broken legs and shit like that, broken bones, I'm fucking, I can lay here and recover with no painkillers. So I did it. So that's what I mean by Goggins. You just go tough. <laughs> Stay, Stay hard. hard. Yeah. Just go hard, <laughs> fuck them. That's so good. You know, no one's going to crush you. You know you could have taken the painkillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, been, we wouldn't <laughs> have judged <laughs> you. <laughs> no, fuck it. No, no. I look at it and I go, fuck it, I like it. I'm... Yeah, fucking a. Sit with it. Sit in the pain cave. Yeah, mate, enjoy it. Enjoy the pain because it's fucking cool. I love that. Just a couple things. Um, <clears throat> you know, you talked about showing gratitude. Mm. We uh, we actually started that on the podcast last week. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I think it's a for me, it's a massive thing. Mm. Um, you know, you say something every day that you're grateful for, mm. and you always realize that you know your life is better than what you think it is. Oh fuck it. And um, we were talking about. Uh, me and Bridget were talking about, you know, someday, you know, when a big bill comes and she crashed her car, she hit a kangaroo, mm. big excess coming up or whatever. And we're like, oh shit, now I've got this big bill I have to pay on my iPhone 13. Oh shit, my <laughs> iPhone's dead. I better go do it on my laptop yeah. while I'm sitting on this comfy couch on watching my 42 inch screen TV. Mm. Like it could be worse. You could have to pay a bill and you can't eat 
Yeah, you can't feed your family. You gotta make choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, no, that's really cool. And uh, another thing about you being a motivational speaker, Lee has never once given me words of encouragement. (laughs) You know why? Because you don't need it, mate. Look at you. Legend. Oh man, nah, Lee's a legend. All me and Lee do is just talk shit to each other every yeah. single every single time I see him. I yeah, love that's it. it eh? It's cool. So you like my children, you know, because I'm 57. So mm. I just think that oh, I get called Jim Dad by a couple of my gym children. Yeah, and it's so cool. I love it. I love being Jim Dad. I think I even call, I call you Jim Daddy. Jim, yeah, <laughs> Jim Daddy. Jim Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim, I'm um, gonna get Jim Zero Jim Dad on my shirt. I think. Just like um, I just wanted to touch on this because you've men- mentioned a little bit to me uh, in person a few times mm. obviously all these surgeries your health obviously it impacts your mental health quite a bit yeah. i think it's something that we don't really talk talk about as much as it uh needs to be mentioned for athletes as mental well-being for athletes yep um and someone who's had bouts of depression and gets really anxious and things like that do you want to touch on your mental health and because you're quite open about it yeah yeah like I, mate i talk because if i can help somebody anybody it's, mm. it's worth my big trap, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I deal with I deal with the the mental health stuff is by again being positive. But then people go, just be positive. That's bullshit. You can't just be positive when you're fucking down. Mm. Um, you've got to find a way to climb out the hole. And so I think it is what what I use is 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 really powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sport. Sport. It doesn't cure everything, but it cures a fucking lot of stuff. Um, I look at sport as such a strong engagement of people of human beings you know i think we we sort of lose a little bit of the art of that one-on-one facetime stuff because we use our phones and you know we all use facebook and shit like that um so the one-on-one stuff the face just being around another person if you're feeling down it really helps to to bring you out of that hole um and you know i talk with some of the other other guys here in the gym and we just love coming here because i can have a shit day and I can come in and have a fucking great afternoon. And that's it. It's just from the people and it's the people we got around us. So I think people that have um, a little bit of depression or, you know, anxiety or anything, they just, if they can find something they're really passionate about, find a sport, come to zero or whatever you want to do because the interaction with the human being is really cool. So we're all tribal, you know, we all try to be like a pack of something. Mm. Um, we all need to belong. And it's when you're out on your own and, you you know, that's when it hurts. So come to a place of sport, do whatever, and become part of something. Something bigger than yourself. That's what I sort of look at. That's awesome because, um, yeah, I think zero is like that for a lot of people. It's a lot of people's mm. safe place. And um, if I'm having a bad day at work for whatever reason, I may be tired, I forget that people come here and they're excited to be here. Mm. They're excited to see me. They're excited to see CJ. They're excited to see Thomas, Bridget. Mm. Um. Yeah, so that's uh that's really cool that yeah being part of something is so special to you. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's a necessity for people. Like I I've, I've gone through bouts where I haven't been able to train, and then I go fuck, I really miss it. I really miss just the camaraderie and just coming in because we high five everyone, or you know what I mean, mm. fist pump or whatever. Um, you don't get that. Yeah. Anyway. No. You can't go down the local shops and just start fist pumping people in the shop. You could if you wanted. You can, really weird. Yeah. You'd be looking weirdo. But <laughs> in here, yeah, just make you feel special. Yeah, I feel something. Because sometimes I'm like, what are you doing here? You're not even training. But I've never said that to anyone. But I'm thinking it. What are they doing here? I'm like, oh, they fucking love it here. It's yeah. mental health, man. Mm. They're here to hang one. out. Well, they call it the third place, right? You've mm. got your work, you've got your home. 
Uh, a place like this is the third place. You spend a fair bit of time here. Yeah, it's where you go to get away from everything else and yeah. to, to de-stress. And I mean, that's only possible because of people like you. You know, if we didn't have people like you in the community, it wouldn't be so inviting and so welcoming. So thank you for everything that you do. Um, You're welcome, mate. Sorry to derail and go back to this because sure. I, I wanted to touch on, um, back on the actual sport of para powerlifting. One other thing that qu- kind of blew my mind when I started working with you and seeing you at competitions is the the way it works in terms of, you know, like Lee was saying, um, you know, you, you're on the bench and some people have legs, some people don't have legs, but there's still weight classes. So if you're in the mm. 80 kilo weight class and you got, you know, maybe your legs don't work and they don't have much muscle, but they probably still weigh 20 kilos versus if they're cut off. Because it's really interesting to see the people in each weight class and see like someone with the upper body of a 125 kilo guy that weighs like 90 or 80. Um, what's the system that they use or is there a system that they use to account for that? I vaguely recall like a handicap system, a yeah. one, two, three. Um, I don't know if they use the word handicap in that, but that's essentially what it is, right? Yeah. Um, what they do is a so a lower limb. So if you're missing one lower limb, it's like a one half kilo add on. Yeah. So they weigh uh, when you go for weighing, you weigh in two hours before comp, and they're always two hours, not twenty four. They're only two hour weigh-ins, and you're always weighing. And so someone has a missing lower limb, so ankle, foot, they get a one half. I think it's one half from memory kilo add on to their body weight. Mm. Never weigh in with your prosthetics on. You're totally just either you know nude or shorts or whatever yeah um yeah the add-on so above li- above is like two and a half kilos but still ab is a perfect example he's a full spinal injury and his legs were like broomsticks he was just the bone there was no muscle tissue at all so he had feet yeah bones quads uh, bo- um yeah femur and tib and tib and but he didn't get an add-on so he had a body probably like mine a bit bigger where i'm weighing 82 kilos he's weighing 59 and because there's so much less of his legs so much less of his legs so he's yep. got 30 or, or 20 23 kilos less muscle tissue on his legs so we weighed the same we benched about the same but he won all the freaking records because <laughs> he's 59 kilos you know and i'm 82 did that ever get frustrating as an athlete uh, to watch yeah it does mate but it, i don't let it i don't dwell on that yeah because it, that's negative you know that's like i don't know about imagine five me and thomas compete compete against each other you chop thomas's legs off mm. he probably won't weigh the same as me but we'd weigh the same like he's obviously a bigger human than me mm. i don't surely there's another has there been other uh, ways they've been thinking about do it doing it no it's the only i don't know how you could really do it you go cut someone's leg off and weigh a leg but then what's an average leg yeah, yeah. weigh you know like um I don't know how how else would they do it. No, I mean it's, it's a, nothing, it's mate. It's just very hard problem to solve. And I look at Abba and the guys that are complete spinal injuries and they still have their legs, but they have no muscle. Well, fuck, they're they're a lot harder than me. Yeah, because they're in a chair, they can't get out, they can't stand up. I can still mm. stand, so I'm blessed in that yeah. area, you know. Mm. But um, for someone, so I've been around in powerlifting. I've been involved in powerlifting since 2017, 2018. I'm pretty well. Uh, I guess you could say educated across the federations. So I know what's going on in GPC. Always know what's going on in APU, APL, whatever. Um, but I never hear anything about para powerlifting for as long as I've been in powerlifting. What does the landscape of uh, para powerlifting look like at the moment and how's it going? In Australia, we've probably got about 10 athletes, 10, 12, 14 athletes mm-hmm. total. 
Um, I'd love to expand it. Um, we just got the guys, when we competed on the weekend at the APL, um, nationals, we had four four lifters over in South Korea and they were just at the Asian Pacific uh, Games over there or comp. And we come home, I think they come home with a couple of gold and a couple of silver, bronze. But compared to able body, it's just not out there, you know. It's a shame. It sucks because these guys are – like Benny is 80 – I think he weighed in about 86.7 kilos and he benched 181. Mate, amazing. Really strong. Yeah, you've seen Ben. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him in the gym here before years and years ago. For sure. And it, these guys really need the recognition for what they deserve. They just work hard. They work hard twice hard as anyone else mm-hmm. because there's always the things that we don't understand as an able body human being para athletes you know they have trouble they can't go to the toilet you know just the simple shit yeah you know one of my coaches green he used to when you'd get up in the morning at, at 4 a.m to go to the bathroom because he didn't feel it so he'd have to sit there till 6 a.m before he even went to work we don't we don't think of the stuff that the the para guys people go through just yeah. to live a normal human life just to live a life i remember like i think about this I was thinking about this probably weekly, even though it's not relevant in a lot of my life. But the perspective you gave me once, so we ha- we had a guy that's um, trained with us on and off over the years, Scotty. Scotty in the wheelchair, right? Mm. Um, Lee, Lee brought Scotty to the gym. And shortly after he had started with us, he was playing with his dog in his backyard and he, he grabbed his dog and his dog tore his bicep off the bone. Yeah. So he ripped his bicep off. And so to me, I'm like, oh, that sucks, bicep tear. But I'm just, uh, you know, assuming bicep tear as it would be for an able-bodied person. And the the statement you said to me is, his arms are his legs. Mm. So you're missing one of them. Now you can't lift yourself in and out of your chair. You can't lift yourself onto the toilet or into the shower. And, like, life becomes an absolute, you know, us missing an arm because we've torn a bicep becomes a minor inconvenience. Whereas Mm. for someone like Scott, it really changes his life for the period of time that he's impaired. 100%. 100%. And so that, that perspective, when you, when you gave me that, yeah, you know, man, it, yeah. it really, really woke me up a bit. Um, and just seeing the, the struggles that you guys had in general between yourself, Scott, there was a woman that trained with us for a while there. Um, we've got lots of funny stories about <laughs> the disabled park at Car that gym. parking, yeah. Yeah, there's some good ones there. Yeah. Uh, probably won't go into it because it'll make me sound like an asshole. No, you were good. That's good. That's what it should be. <laughs> sticking up for people with disabilities, man. Like, I love it. Yeah. You told that little kid to get the... F- well, no, that wasn't me. That was her. <laughs> so I'll tell that story. That's so we we had we had one disabled par- car park in our, in our park at the last gym and... Um, an F45 moved in next door. So in the afternoon, it would get really busy in the car park. And then there was a video shop on the end. There was heaps of street parking, but people were lazy. Street parking was literally two meters from the regular parking. So you could park on the street and walk. And this disabled park would always be open. And you guys, the the little crew of our disabled lifters would always come at about five o'clock. And it was like 10 to five and this, this snotty little kid pulled into this disabled park. And anytime I saw someone do it, I'd walk out and be like, hey, we have disabled lifters here. We need that park free for when they show up. Sometimes people were polite. Sometimes they were assholes. And if they were assholes, maybe they got a couple of wheelie bins chucked on their car. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I pulled my car in and blocked them in and made them have a chat with me. But this particular kid walked out of his car and I'm like, hey, I've got, I've got someone coming here who needs that disabled car park in about five or 10 minutes. Can you please move onto the street? And he told me to go fuck myself. Mm. I'm like, what? Yes. And I was like, you know what? I know how fiery this woman is. Oh, wait. 
So I waited five minutes. She rocked up. I told her what happened. She's like, where is he? Mm. So if she, she wheeled who's over. This, who's this woman? Oh, she used to train with us yeah. here. She, oh, okay. She's in a wheelchair. Yeah, she just had a right leg amputated so she's in a wheelchair and she's struggling a little bit she's a bit angry yeah right so she she wheeled over into the video shop and she fucking let him have it she just mm. screamed at him and the kids started crying and it was brilliant that's cool made my f- day what a fucking wanker yeah but mm. man they always were well, this this one woman went off at me for i block i didn't put wheelie bins on her car this was the early days of the wheelie bins i just blocked <laughs> her car in with wheelie bins so they just had to move it's a minor inconvenience mm. And it was her, her partner and, and a baby was in the back. She went off at me about the fact that she had a baby in the car. I'm like, is the baby disabled? Yeah. Mm. No? Well, then don't park in the disabled park. It's, yeah. it's so weird because there's been a few times here, Lee, where I've ran. I've been like, hey, can you please move your car? Mm. Uh, I've got a... Yeah. Got a got an athlete here who's uh, disabled and he's there parking. They're always so here. We've only had good experiences. They're all like, yeah. fuck, I'm so sorry. Get out, move the car straight away. And yep. I've only had good experiences here, but that's fucking... Mm. To me, that's uh, mind-boggling that people can uh, be like that or how insincere they can be. Oh, mate, look, we're hopefully, hopefully changing the world the way people feel about disabilities. Yeah. Um, that's my thing, one of the things. Like Dylan Alcott, you know, he's strain of the year and his thing is to change the concept of the way people feel like about people with disabilities. Um, yeah, I can walk, but it's cool to park there because sometimes I can't walk out of the car and I wish my car was closer. Mm. You know what I mean? So I've, I've had... Um, one running with one guy and I just asked them nicely and they, yeah, they, I've seemed to come here every day and the car park's empty now. Yeah. So, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think concepts are changing, mate, slowly. Have you experienced much stigma or bullying because of it over the years? Uh, mate, not, and when I was a kid, I suppose, like 20, 19, 20 year old, um, thinking that I would, because my legs are really skinny, right, so, Stories. I used to train my my neighbor, my dad's neighbor was like Mike Metzer, back in the seventies. <laughs> you know, big bodybuilder yeah, yeah. in the seventies, and that was dad's friend. So he took me under his wing when I was fifteen and said, "Mate, let's go start training." And he measured me up, and I think I had nine inch arms or something. And he, like my wrists are bigger now. My biceps <laughs> were so small. Um, so yeah, we trained with him when I was a kid. But as growing up, I had a sort of like a bigger body because I'd been training weight training. Yeah. But yeah, my legs were like little pretzels. And I used to feel, whether people do, they look or whatever. Now I love it. People come and look. I don't give a shit. I love it. If yeah. you want to come and talk to me, perfect. But yeah, back in the day, back in the 80s, I think it was a bit different. People would pick on you. and but Not that much, but just, you know, chicken legs mm. and things like that. And you fuck, you know, if they only knew, knew why, it'd be okay. They look like you just don't train your legs sort of day. Yeah. How long have you had the, because as long as I've known you, you've had some form of brace to stop the mm. foot drop on that side. Was that from age 18 or is that something that's come in later? Uh, come in later, about uh, late 90s. Okay. Yeah. So I lost tibant is the muscle that controls your foot, your foot up. Yeah. Um, tibialis anterior muscle. So that's gone and I have no function of my ankle. My ankle's all numb. My lower leg's numb. I can't feel it. So um, wear the brace and it just helps me walk. Like I was saying before, it's carbon. This yeah. new one's carbon. So it sort of, it propels me forward mm. to push with my other leg to step forward. Um, so it's probably, I think, about 99 or 2000, I started to wear them. Yep. Yeah, because what I'd do is trip because your foot would drop. It's like a dead fish. Yeah. So it just fucking flops around. They just catch on the floor. Yeah, catch on the floor. And you'd have to, what you'd have to really do is accentuate your hip movement to pick your leg up so that would throw your gait out. Yeah. So therefore, I was wearing out my lower spine. Yeah. And a possibility, those years of not 
having an AFO, I'd probably wore it in my spine and why I had surgery. Yeah. Mm. Consequences. Yeah. Um, this is kind of off topic, but Greg, who competed over the weekend, mm. does he compete in para powerlifting? No, not not officially or no. not for the team or anything yet. Yeah. I think I'd love to have him there because, fuck, what did he pick up? 400 kilos. He's strong. Yeah. He's, he's got a big bench as well, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah he's one, in good shape. 110, mm. 110 bench or something. Yeah, he's a super yeah. nice guy as well. Oh, yeah. But he, he doesn't strap in or anything either, no. which, which would make it harder. It's like, oh. yeah. Even, right. even having legs and, and being on the th- thick para bench without strapping in, you, you feel yeah. all over the place. Yeah, you really got to learn that scap setting. That's your grounding. Scap set flat, down yeah. tucked. But that's really yeah, it's part of the training, I suppose. We did years and years. Yeah. Well, we had three lifters on the weekend that could have done powerlifting as well mm. in the able-bodied version. So Steve Hendry, yep. Greg, and Lee. Mm. Yeah, true. That was really cool. That, yeah, oh, yeah. that's awesome. That's Steve. Steve's awesome, man. Yeah, he's a legend. I met him at the last comp at Iron Underground. Yep. Real good bloke. Yeah. He trains with us at Zero Brisbane now. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yep. Yeah. I asked him, I was like, surely we're related along the line. Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah he loves it. Eh? He I've, tells never, me. I've never met someone with the last name Hendry. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but that, because uh, Greg, we mentioned this on podcast yesterday, mm. but Greg was saying he knows his deadlifts don't count in competition, but he just wants to show other disabled mm. people that they can do deadlifts too. I think it's what it's about, mate. Yeah, just fucking get awesome. down there and just fucking do what you can because you don't know who you're, you don't know who you're inspiring. Mm. People don't come and say, oh, fuck, that was really good. You inspired so-and-so, but you don't know mm-hmm. until you've done it. Yeah. So just go fucking do it. It's cool. It helps people. Mm. Yeah, it inspires sure. me watching Greg do, what was it, 300 kilo, the first lift? And he, then he th- went the Yeah, four. I can't remember. He went he went something first and then 350 and then 400. What the fuck are you doing in that case? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you know what I think we do for his next comp? We are well. Com- he's he's modifying his bench. Yeah, so he got pretty upset up. that he couldn't get yeah. four hundred. Didn't budge from the floor because the bar bent so much. <laughs> <laughs> so he came up after his attempt. He's like, "Can I please do it again?" I'm like, "Sorry, man, we yeah. we can't." Yeah, fuck yeah. And he's like, "Oh well, next time I'll just make my bench higher." Yeah, that's cool. I was gonna say uh, we should do that for his next comp. Make his bench higher mm. so he can pull five hundred off the floor. <laughs> he's doing worlds. Is he? Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, he'll be down. That'll be cool. Mm. Cool hanging. Yeah, how'd you get? You see how he got up the steps? No, I didn't actually see any oh. of his lifts. See, I, I looked at the steps, you know, being disabled, so you, you notice things, right? Yeah. I struggled getting up the steps. But anyway, I watched him get up the step, and I thought, how is he going to get up there? Anyway, he jumps up the step, throws his, jumps out of his chair, bums it up the step, drags his chair up, and then jumps back in his chair, and then wheeled, wheeled himself over to the bench and got on. I went, oh, I didn't see any of that. Oh, how the fuck are you going to get down there, Greg? And he goes, are you going to just jump it or what? And he goes, oh, I would, but I'm probably... At a comp, I shouldn't. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, he bummed back down and dragged his chair down. I'm like, wow, cool, eh? Yeah, what a weapon. Oh, he's made awesome. So what's what's next for Lee Skinner? You just did um, nationals. Are you going, do you have any intention to keep competing or is it just see how the body feels and see what comes up? Yeah, look, I'd really like to give the world a go. Yep. Um, I'd like to try, you know, compete for the, at the world's. I just see how the body's feeling. It's a bit sore at the moment. Shoulders a bit sore, but fuck it, we'll just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'm keen, keen so to do the worlds, and, and I want to break another record. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Nice. So, just for everyone listening, what did you end up benching at at nationals this this past weekend? One forty-seven and a half, which was a world record. World record. Yep. And the for the old bastards. Yeah, <laughs> masters division. Yeah. Um. And uh, just for context as well, you hurt your shoulder like two weeks out of the comp. 
So you came in, you came in not knowing whether or mm. not it would, uh, it would happen. Yeah, yeah. And then it happened easily. It's just the way it is, mate. It's just athletely. We've seen it thousands of times before, where you know, something, whatever's happening in training, you know, maybe something gets hurt, and then on the day, you just you're, well, you're a different person altogether. Yeah, it's my mate Deadpool. <laughs> Little Deadpool. Um, yeah, it's because I like I, I don't I don't feel it. So when I'm in comp mode or competition mode on the day, you could hit me with a hammer. I wouldn't feel it. Don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. It's just I, th- I suppose I've done it for so long. I just mentally drill myself into this fashion where a lot of people step up and they go, "Oh, I'm nervous." I'm what the fuck for? Just go lift some shit. Yeah. It's like training. It's just a training day. Just a few people watching. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other things I do. To, to, to supplement that but realistically break it down it's just a training day yeah and don't care what people what are they going to do you don't, shouldn't care what people fucking think anyway none yeah. of your business none of your business what people think about you so just go and do what you do amazing hmm. tell tell the people about the the Deadpool thing because you got the socks uh, you got the undies the belt you've brought your little Deadpool with you to your yeah. while you do your podcast circuits um yeah Deadpool. media runs yeah famous Deadpool. Um, why? Years ago, I was doing a um, a personal PD class with a guy, and he's my mentor, Dwayne. And he said to me, "If you could be a superhero, what would you be?" And then a few people, you know, they've gone Batman, and one of the girls said Wonder Woman. I went, "Fuck it, I'll be Deadpool." And he he didn't understand why. You know, people think, well, "Why do you want to be Deadpool? You go fucking kill people." I went, "It's not the point." Deadpool is, the reason I want to be Deadpool is because he can regenerate limbs. Huh. And so when Deadpool got his leg cut off, he grew a new leg or a new hand. And I think, fuck, that's what I've been trying to do all my adult life is probably to regenerate two limbs. So I'm very close to Deadpool. You know, it's not that I go and kill people. No. <laughs> I just want to regenerate limbs. Plus he's funny and he talks a lot of shit. So that matches um, up to you as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. Both the shit. biggest shit talkers I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're like brothers. I mean, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Any final questions before we wrap things up? CJ? Um, no, no questions. It just uh, I'm always so inspired by you. I, I not in it wasn't until this chat I actually knew what you had. Mm. And something you said to me like a, a few weeks ago. It wasn't even what you mm. weren't even trying to teach me a lesson or anything. I was I was just having to do so much volume in squats. Like six sets of eight, and I just wasn't keen for it. I didn't want to be here. And you're watching me warm up, and you just came up and be like, "Wow, that's like such a cool squat." And I was like, "Oh, all right." Like, yeah, I was warming up with one plate, you know. And you're like, "Oh, I just really appreciate seeing a good squat because I can't." Mm. And it's stuck with me, like ever since. Oh, Being yeah, it really makes me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was what, about three weeks ago or something. You were just in front of the bench behind you. And I was mm. like, fuck, look at you CJ. You with Kev. You with Kev. I was with Kev. Yeah. And I was just, you know, me and Kev were just fucking pausing, doing nothing as usual. Yeah. And um, I was story. just watching you squat. I mean, I went, that is smooth. Like, you were really smooth. And I thought, that's cool. There's no bounce. And I just went, fuck yeah, man. I've got to tell him. I wonder yeah. what day that was. I've never seen that, Thomas. What, CJ squatting? <laughs> yeah, smooth. <laughs> nah. A smooth squat. <laughs> A good one, yeah. CJ training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, three weeks ago. Yeah, it was three was weeks it, ago. I know because that would have been week one of my, my, my block yeah. sets of eight. So and I yeah, still remember that, yeah, I just remember just not wanting to be there. Didn't didn't want to train, 
And when you said that to me, I was like, oh man, as much as I, I hate having to do this right now, imagine if I couldn't squat at all. It'd be mm. a whole different thing I'm missing, mm. yeah. let alone, oh, I miss peaking or whatever. You know what I mean? Just not being able to squat. And it just made me, it literally like, you weren't even, you were just saying compliment to me, but it was like the biggest slap over the head. Like, I didn't. I wanted to be nice. <laughs> I didn't want to no, slap no, you. Uh, no, 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 Like that's how I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm whining over something that's like completely. I think yeah. it's just, um, yeah. I just looked and I went, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and I don't know why I did watch you squat. Honestly, mm. is there something, in whatever the universal law or whatever, just makes me do shit, mm. and it's cool. And I really appreciate you come back and saying that because I didn't know. I just like. I do things in the gym one day. I, <laughs> guy got on the scales the other two weeks ago, and I grabbed him on the gut. Says, "Fucking get off!" That's so. And I don't even know his name. And I think, oh fuck, he's going to look at me now every time I fucking come in. He's going to hate me. I can't remember his name, but anyway, I thought I just do stupid shit sometimes. <laughs> well, that left a good impression on well, me. So. so I left his, a good his, impression with you and some poor fella downstairs. His name was Thomas, and he hasn't forgotten about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I appreciate the feedback, CJ, because it is it is important. Um, like our mental health stuff is important. You know, we all come to gym, and some days are shit. And I think it's super important. Just we can all just lift each other up. It's a little comment. Hey, man, there's a smooth squat. I like it, mm. but it's stuck with me. I appreciate you saying the same yeah, back. Absolutely. Yeah, cool, man. I've, I don't have a question, but I just want to say I admire who you are. Uh, the way you carry yourself, the way you face, uh, the way you deal with adversity, just everything. Just, mm. uh, yeah, like I said, just the way you carry yourself and the energy and the impression you leave on everybody around the zero is infectious. And, uh, yeah, you're just a beautiful person. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Mm. You're you the man, Lee. Absolutely. You guys made me fucking get tears at 57 anyway. I'm nah. supposed to be some stupid, strong powerlifter. I get fucking tears when people say stuff. Nice. Yeah, I'm getting a bit emotional as well. Yeah, it's we'll, fine. We'll have a cuddle off camera. <laughs> mm. <laughs> strong, strong people cry. Mm. Yeah, mate. That's, that's right. the whole thing. We all, that's right. all men try to be macho and shit, but fuck it. Mm. I love when you have a bit of a tear. It's an emotional thing, you know. And I appreciate the comments, and I appreciate being here. And Thomas, you know, helped me out all these million years now. How many <laughs> years have we been? I don't know. Six, seven years or something. I don't know. It's aged me, whatever it is. <laughs> Thomas was only a young man when I met him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'd be going on six years for sure. Something mm. like that. We met at your first gym. Remember the first one at Narang? Yes. And then I yep, changed. Came. Yeah, I come once and then I changed frigging jobs mm -hmm. and I couldn't get there after that. Oh, fuck. So that was a bit disappointing because I would like to start be like your member number one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, uh, back then you're an OG. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lee Skinner. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a, a key member of the community and inspiration to so many people, especially us. Um, we really appreciate you and love you for everything you do. And um, yeah, keep an eye on on uh, on Lee's continued journey in powerlifting. He's not super super present on social media, but he's out there. You can find Lee Skinner. Yeah, just Google my name or whatever. Just, just Google me. Yeah. Google me. <laughs> He's on a media run at the moment that he might be a bit harder to get hold of. That's right. Oh. He made a little bit of time for us. Come on, guys. I got to go. Next. Next. No. Yeah. All right. No. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Lee. See ya. Bye bye. bye. See ya.
Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.